This podcast is sponsored by Barclay Estates and Management Bristol. Whether you're a landlord or a tenant, Barclay Estates and Management are committed to providing you with the best possible service. We provide a hassle-free service for landlords and access to properties all over Bristol and the surrounding areas. Three peeps in the podcast. Welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robins Reunited. It's been a little while since I've said those words, Robins Reunited. The last episode that I did was a month or so ago with Lee Peacock and Lee Matthews, uh, which went down really well, thanks to both of those guys. Just a bit of a recap before we get into the crux of today's episode, which is going to be different to a usual Robins Reunited. Um, so started this podcast, this, this part of Three Peeps in a Podcast, um, a good few months ago now. The first episode was Joe Bunnell and Danny Coles, and Joe Bunnell and myself, um, you know, put this podcast together. And and uh, Joe's business, Barclay Estates, is the sponsor of this podcast. Uh, so Joe Bunnell and Danny Coles uh, was great to speak to those guys and and talk about their their days as YTs and and the the almost the brotherhood that that they had with that era of players. Then we went back to Rob Edwards and Gary Hours, two players who were were always consistent in their performances. And now Gary obviously is uh, bringing Radio Bristol commentary uh, to our ears and getting getting involved and getting really excited. It's great to hear that commentary from him. Um, uh, on a Saturday. John Clayton and Dave Horseman, uh, two ex-coaches at Bristol City, uh, had some great stories about Joe Bryan, and we actually had Joe Bryan on that podcast as well. Um, Then we had the Easter special, which was Lewis Carey, Scott Murray, and Tony Thorpe. Um, So that one obviously had lots of lots of comedy in, as well as some great memories. Matt Hill and Steve Phillips in episode five, Again, some great stories uh, from from over the years. Brian Tinian and Mickey Bell, that telepathic relationship was celebrated. Alex Russell and Jamie McComb spoke about the the promotion to the championship and that boat trip and that night out. (laughs) Um, So listen back to that one for sure. And then Lee Peacock and Lee Matthews brings us right up to date. So plenty of stories there, plenty of great goals spoken about. So there will be more to come. But today is Friday and we've had an announcement from Bristol City that there will be a former players association launched. So um, I've actually got a guest with me today and that is Neil Palmer. And Neil's been on the podcast before uh, to come on to talk about the Jerry Guy story book that he wrote. Um, But Neil. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, Patch. I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, uh, the sort of City Former Players Association, I know there's been various uh perhaps versions of this or it's been sort of knocking about but nothing ever seems to be done with it it was and i had an idea about this um ages and ages ago from due to the books that i've written um over the years i've had the privilege of spending time with a lot of um ex-footballers and city footballers you know real privilege to sit in their company and what I got out of all the interview interviews I've done with them is that first and foremost, they still love the football club, but there's a real disconnection between um, ex-players and this football club. Now, uh, 
it sort of ended up with me thinking, well, you know, I'd speak to them and they'd say, well, I don't never, did you go down the ground? No, I don't never go down. You know, you could phone up for a ticket. I'm, I I don't want to phone up for a ticket. I heard different stories about different players who'd phoned up and people didn't know who they were. Now, I understand that's that's not the fault of people on the other end of the phone. But as I say, a real disconnection with that football club. And people love seeing old players. They, re- they really do. So I thought, well, let's try and do something about it. Contacted Richard Gould. And I have to say, he's been absolutely fantastic. And his team, they really have grabbed hold of this sort of idea. I spoke to Richard on a Thursday. And on the Monday, I'd, he'd arranged for me to go and see him and have a meeting with him. Uh, that's how much he sort of believed in it. He told me, because obviously his own father, Bobby, he's played for City and Bobby had sort of various clubs. Uh, and his, his, he was telling me about his dad, who was a member of the Coventry City Ex-Players Association, Wolverhampton Wanderers as well. And he said just the, the, the way that his, his mum and dad would come home after spending a day with the association, with their old players... And I think that's probably what got Richard on board. And I just think it's he, he realised he was, I wouldn't say he was embarrassed, but I think he was a little bit shocked that the club had nothing like this. And I, he, he agreed that the club needed to reach out to ex-players, whether they've played 400 games or even won. They were all still part of the sort of Bristol City family, really. Yeah, so obviously we had back um, their last home game versus Fulham. Obviously it's Fulham tomorrow. Um, we had the 125-year celebration and there were lots of ex-players there um, invited into lounges um, and hospitality and also to come out onto the pitch. Now, we spoke to Steve Lansdowne back in April about this and yes, it was great, a great event. Um, it happened to be the last game we would go to for quite some time. Yeah. We didn't, didn't know at the time. But um, it was just the way that was the, the players were sort of paraded in, in the corner and only a couple of them spoken to, didn't really make use of the, mm-hmm. the video screen to sort of announce who the players were and that sort of thing. So the intention was great. It's just those fine little tunes that, that I think would be, would be great to sort. Um, and this is music to my ears, really. Um, you know, with the Robins reunited in it uh, situation we've got here with the podcast. Yeah the whole reason we wanted to do this was along the lines of getting players back in front of city fans, because, you know, there's, there's certain players that, that mean so much to us, all, all ex players do, but go to QPR on Saturday and they paraded Phil Parks, uh, a QPR legend on, on the pitch at the start. He gave a, a rousing speech um, to the crowd and sort of let people know what he was up to now. And is that the sort of thing that we're looking to do with this is to get players back in front of fans? Yeah, I think first of all, as I say, it's reached the club reaching out to players, being invited to the club. Um, and I think that's really important. And, you know, acknowledging the part that they've they've played in the club. But yeah, I mean, I was sent away by Richard to form a committee of ex-players. And in that committee, we've got Jansen Derrick, we've got Paul Cheesley, we've got Alan Walsh, and we've got Scott Murray. Now, with the five of us, uh, and obviously media people and things like that, Bristol City, but we have, you know, loads of different ideas. You know, we're starting off small as it were. We want, obviously... We want golf days. We want an annual dinner. We want to try and get as many ex-players together. 
Um, we want to do things like uh, local company, local charities, who local football clubs who want to raise some money. Scott is very, very keen on on having a masters football team uh, of ex players. When I told Alan Walsh this, mind he said he <laughs> he he said he pulled it hamstring just listening to it on the phone. But yeah. Um, but yeah, think things like that, um, and they would come out. All they have to do is write to us. You know, a, a local football club. We want to have a, a you know a, 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 a day. We'd like to play. You know, an ex city team. We, we'll we'll make that happen. The players love that because I think we've got to remember that when you've been in that, no matter what era you're in. But I think when you've played in a team sport and you've relied on your t- your mates, and then all of a sudden you're retired. I just found that so many of them were just lonely, really, and just wanted, would love nothing better than to come out. Because we all do. I mean, if you put the Lansdowne Lounge and you put different players from different eras on some of those tables, we will all automatically be drawn to our era. Yeah. It's just it, it's just the, the way it is. And they love it. They, they love it as well. Yeah, and, and the the those four players you you reeled off there, you've got sort of a number of generations covered, haven't you? For for fans, yeah. you know, younger fans, do you want to just go through those players and and just tell them sort of the eras in which they played? Well, Jan, I mean, Jansen is, I mean, probably he, he split many people, a bit marmitey old Jansen at um at Bristol City, you know, with England schoolboy, but you know, back in the day. Every club was after him very much. There was no need for him to go anywhere. Signed for his local club. I think he still lives in the same house opposite the ground that that he um, he did that, uh, when he signed. Um, a lot of the players of, of that era who played with Jansen said he was best footballer that they've they've, they've ever seen. Um, did well at City under Fred Ford. That was his real sort of storming era winger, and um, you know he's still. Go, goes to games, you still see him pottering about Jansen, but such a, a lovely man who, who, who just loves the club. Then you've got somebody like Paul Cheesley. And Paul, you know, we talk about mental health and things like that. And Paul certainly won't mind me saying this, but, you know, Paul's never really sort of struggled with anything like that. But I still can't believe how he got through the career he did where he sort of scored that famous goal against Arsenal, turned down and an England under 23 cap to, to play for the club in their promotion run in. Um, and then his first home game injured, you know, came back against Birmingham months later, but his career was finished. Now, if you look at somebody like Paul, should have looked after him, should have, would have looked after him now, hopefully. And it's things like that, you know, I mean, and then you've got, well, we all know Scott, Scott's, you know, absolutely fantastic. And, uh, He'll do anything for anybody, Scott. Um, and it has that link between him playing in that sort of his era and also with the modern players now. And then you've got Alan Walsh, who, again, tremendous ambassador for, for the football club. And like I said, when I asked these players if they'd be interested straight away, they said, oh, that's a great idea. I'd love to do it. Don't get me wrong. There was a certain element of cyn- uh, sort of cynicism with them because if you like that Fulham thing, the problem we have is when you do this now, we have to look after them and we have to do it properly and the club have to do it properly because, you know, if all of a sudden then, for instance, say, you know, Jansen will then talk to other players he played with and said, oh, it was an absolute shambles. They won't be interested in getting involved. But if he says we had a fabulous day, City gave us a great day, mm. then then they'd be interested. So it's, 
you know, the, there's some hard work to do with it. I'm, I must admit, there really is to look mm. after these these players. Yeah, and so just reading through those players there, so in terms of the eras, uh, so Jansen Derrick played from 1959 got, to 1971. Yeah. I am looking this up on Wikipedia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 259, well, league goals and 30, sorry, 259 league appearances and 31 goals. He actually played three games for Paris Saint-Germain. He did. He, he, he's, he's, he's a great bloke, Jansen, but it always makes me laugh. He said that when he came back from Paris Saint-Germain, he went to Bath City, and this is indicative of the, of, the era, of the era. But then he was offered a job in a bank, and that paid more money, so he went and he went and worked in a bank, which you think that would never, you know, that, that would never happen nowadays, that's for sure. But, yeah, yeah he did. He, he went to France and played for Paris Saint-Germain. And then Paul Cheesley, 1973 to 1976. Mm-hmm. Coming in from Norwich, 61 league appearances, 20 goals. Um, and obviously, Alan Walsh was on the the, the yeah. podcast uh, um, three weeks ago, actually. We had a whole whole session at Stake of the Art in Bristol where we walked through his career. Um, and so him and Scott Murray are fifth and sixth all-time goal scorers mm. for Bristol City. So yeah. really are spanning, you know, a good 60, 60 years there in terms of ex-players with those four. Well, that's what I wanted to do because I also wanted to build up a, you know, and it's the same putting it out there now. I wanted to build up a sort of database of players from families who've, you know, their their grandfather might have played for the city. Anybody. I just want a list at the moment. I'm up to about 80, 80 ex-players from the different eras. But that's, you know, it's the knock-on effect of one player tells another player and that sort of thing. And that's why it's good if anybody does sort of um any you know anybody does know any players or any contacts obviously or just tell them about the association obviously uh so if people want to get in touch and know details of players ex-players um how is best to get in touch with you well best thing to do is to probably my email to be honest patch which is uh n underscore palmer 62 at hotmail.co.uk it's important that um th- th- that people do get in touch that we do uh we do reach out to them. And like I said, that the club reach out to them. And so the fact that you've got the club now on side and yeah, sponsoring this, I don't know what the correct term is, but certainly recognising it like they had last week, last Friday was the memorandum of understanding with the supporters club and trust this Friday. It's them recognising uh, and promoting uh, this, this ex players association. So they must have um, a, a database of sorts because only last March they were getting how, however many players down Ashton yeah. Gate. Yeah, that's right. And, and like I said, the best thing about all of it is has been the football club's response. Um, you know, like tomorrow, there's uh, that they've they've given me a table tomorrow to just go and invite some players, and and it's important it's their families as well that they can bring a guest. I mean, a lot of them were. Were, you know, couldn't believe what, what I can bring somebody as well. Yeah, of course you can. Of course you can bring a member of your family, you know, and and that's gone down really well. So we've got, a, you know, we've got sort of four, four or five players coming tomorrow and their guests, um, and that will be the start. That will hopefully be the start of it. We'll get more tables and we'll get more just people seeing these players around, really. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Um, and 
hopefully um I'm I'm gonna pop pop in to, to the Lansdowne Lounge and grab a grab a word with some of those players. So um so that'll be coming up hopefully um in a few minutes. But um but Neil, just want to say, uh, you know, well done for getting this kicked off. It's uh, it always helps when you've got the buy-in of the club, doesn't it? Yeah, I could, you know, I can't think Richard Gould enough. Like I said, spoke to him on a Thursday. He's a busy man, and then we had a meeting on the Monday. So that shows his commitment and the club's commitment to it. And I think that's really refreshing, considering you know what may have gone in the past sort of I guess thing. another thing that you could you could do um Neil is take them to the training ground I bet that would uh you know blow their minds wasn't it yeah a- another great idea and an idea that that we've thought about and um, you know I got the uh, I th- thought about it really when we had one of the meetings at the training ground and Paul Cheesley was there and Paul was just blown away obviously you can imagine what it was like in the 70s there um I think they trained at Stockwood then in the 70s um but it, it's fantastic for them to see. I mean, remember Paul looking around thinking, God, they, they could have sorted my knee out within weeks. But that was it. That's what I want them to do. I want them to come and see because I know there's, a dis, you know, they do feel sort of uh, not part of the club, but they do with modern football as well. And, and I think sometimes we do as supporters as well. But I think that's a really good thing for them to come to the training ground. You know, and we were talking with Scott Murray and we go, yeah, we'll, we'll take some round. We'll show some of them round. Yeah. When they walk into the, into the reception as well, they can pick out their kits that they wore. There's, there's plenty, yeah. plenty going on there, isn't there? There's loads. And, and I just think they, they, they'll enjoy that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, so they'll get an invite. Do you want to come up? And, and that, that sort of stuff. It was also interesting that Nigel Pearson is a member or, and when I say member, you don't really have to be a member. You just have to say, to I'll come along. Yeah. But Nigel Pearson, when City went up to Middlesbrough to play, Nigel went up on the Friday, I think, and played golf with the ex-Middlesbrough uh, Players Association. Right. So if you look at the manager as well, seeing that sort of thing going on, I just think that can only, that can only help as well. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Well, hopefully I'll be back after this short break with um, some thoughts and comments from some of those players. So uh, we'll speak soon. Thanks a lot, Neil. Thank you. Take care. He's written lots of books and interviews with former Bristol City players. He suggested it to the club and said, come on, let's get this going again. And so I'm very pleased to say that the club are now relaunching the former players association. I'm going to be having a chat with one of those players in a minute. But before I do that, we've got four players here. Now, I can see a lot of young people in this room, and your history of Bristol City will go back one year, two years, three years. This club's been around for over 100 years, and some of the guys are sitting at this table have been major, major contributors to the history of this great football club, and I think it's really important that we don't forget them. So what I'm going to do is say a little bit about each one of them. They're going to stand up and you're going to give them a huge big round of applause. Right, now, the first person I'd like to introduce to you is a young man called Jansen Derrick. Now, Jansen played for Bristol City his first game in 1959 and finished here at 1971. He played 300 games, he scored 35 goals. He was the youngest ever player to play for Bristol City at the time, 16 years, 324 days. He also played for PSG, and there's an interesting fact. Um, and the next club he went to from PSG was Bath City. So who knows where Messi will end up next? 
but can we have a big round of applause, please, for Jansen Derrick. Now, those of you that, that perhaps are slightly older than those people down there will remember 2008 when we got to the playoff final against Hull City. We didn't quite make it, but we were, we were within a hair's breadth of getting to the Premier League. And that would have been an amazing achievement for Bristol City. Back in 1976, the Bristol City team, after almost 70 years of trying, finally made it back to the old first division, what we now call the Premier League. And that was an amazing achievement for the club then. The guy I'd like to introduce now was the captain of that team. He was twice player of the year here at Bristol City. He captained England schoolboys, and as I said, he captained the promotion winning team in 1976. He was here from 67 to 1982. He played 433 games, scored 13 goals. A huge round of applause, please, for Jeff Merrick. Right. Cheers, Jeff. Lovely to see you back as ever. Now, the next guy I'm introduced to you was he played 198 games, scored 31 goals from the wing. He was here twice, actually, 76 to 81 and then 83 to 86. He was a Welsh international. He scored in the Freight Rover Trophy victory against Bolton in 1986, where we won 3 0 at Wembley. Big round of applause, please, and welcome back, Howard Pritchard. And last but by no means least, Bristol City fans of a certain age go all misty-eyed when they hear about this guy, because he was an absolute legend at the club. He was here again, twice, I don't know what it was, people left, they all come back again. 69 to 81, and then from 1982 to 1984. He played 504 games for Bristol City, scored 132 goals. He was the leading goal scorer for five successive seasons and he captained the promotion winning side in 1983-84. Please a big welcome for the one and only Tom Ritchie. Right, I'm just gonna have a quick, a quick chat with Tom. Tom, it's always great to see you back here at Ashton Gate. Um, is that, could, make sure you talk right into that. Oh, it's still not working, is it? No, you switched it off, haven't you? Oh, I'll tell you what, use mine. Right, so, what as a former player does the Former Players Association mean to you? Well, mean today, it's just a, a huge thank you to Neil for having us down here today. And I just hope it kicks off, to be honest. Um, it's, it's magical coming back, uh, seeing everyone. Um, and if you can get all the lads involved, it would be just brilliant. Now, obviously, you played over 500 games for City, and you're a hugely important part of this club for oh, over 10 years, a long, long time. Do you still feel that affinity? That, that I know you live locally. Do you still feel that affinity with the club? Definitely. We all love this place. Uh, you know, it's, it's to spend the amount of time we did at the, the club um, and played... I played in a really good side with a lot of great players. Uh, it's just been it's, it's just been something special for me, yeah. 
and it's very special for us to welcome you back. Round of applause again, please, for Tom Ritchie. Okay, so I'm here with Paul Cheesley. I've managed to grab a couple of people. So, uh, Paul, what does the Former Players Association mean to you? How important is it that it's been recognised and sponsored by the club? Well, to be quite fair, um, years ago I was asked to um, organise a players' reunion, which is on an annual basis, but it was a little bit thin. Um, I worked hard at getting as many players as I could back together and eventually probably got about 50 plus their partners as well at the supporters club. And then it was dropped a little bit by whoever was in charge at the moment, not, not the directors, by the way. Um, there was something, there was somebody else I won't even pass comment on. Um, but it was a bit disappointing. And now uh, Richard Gould has got this idea again back together. He's now our new CEO. And um, he's got, uh, he had an idea with uh, Neil Palmer, a writer, who's done a lot of things regarding the city. He said, um, it'd be a good idea to get somebody from the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s all back together. So the representation for the 60s is Jansen Derek. I'm, I'm from the 70s. Um, uh, Alan Walsh is from the 80s and Scott Murray from the 90s onwards. So we've got a nice bunch of players together, or former players, uh, headed up by Richard Gould and, and obviously their media department. So for me, it's an absolutely fabulous way to start things rolling and also to look after former players that have not been recognised or feel like they need to go cap in hand for a ticket to come and watch any game. So my idea, first of all, was to say, if somebody knows all their, um, like get a spreadsheet of all their addresses, telephone numbers, contact details, that kind of thing, they can be invited down at any time without having to go cap in hand for a ticket. And I, and I tell you, I really believe that the fans would like to see these geezers because those people are the history of this club. Absolutely. Former players mean so much to us as fans that have been around you know, myself, 35 years, other fans longer and less as well. But I think it's really important to have this in place. So I'm really happy as a fan. Well, me too. And I'm glad everybody likes it. The idea is really good. It's been launched today. There will be a newsletter going out in various times and places and also a calendar of events that we might arrange in the future going to former players who know exactly what's going on and maybe we can do some fundraising things and have a little pool for somebody who might need a bit of help now and again. Perfect. Thanks so much for joining us, Paul. Take care. My pleasure. Do you need to go somewhere? It's all right. Okay, so I'm here with Howard Pritchard. Howard, how are you and what does it mean to you, the former players? Um, well, the, the thing is, with, uh, with Bristol City, over the years, we've never been able to get something going where ex-players can actually come into the football club and sort of watch the games. Um, there's always been a, like, a little bit of indifference with getting tickets down here. And so, you know, something like this, I think, you know, it's, it's mainly set up at every club, but obviously I think we're, we're lying well behind um, with something like this for ex-players to come to like yeah yeah it's great that you've got now um a ceo like richard gould who is firmly behind this you've got his dad um bobby who is members of several former players associations at, at the clubs he used to be at so it's really helped to get the bristol city club behind you yeah well i mean to be honest i mean anybody that's actually have started this now um hopefully most of the ex-players that, because it's all about whether you live around this area as well and with a lot of players they move on to different sort of areas um, where they've played before 
Um, but Bristol, when, when I was playing football in 76, uh, 75, 76, when uh, I was playing with Jeff and Tom Ritchie, most of the players were embedded in staying with clubs for a very long time. Mm. And, you know, this is when Alan Dix was there and we used to sign five-year contracts, eight-year contracts. Um, you hear that very often, do you? And, <laughs> and you don't get that at all, you know. I mean, and, but that's what it used to be like. Once you, once you had players that were playing really well together, um, then they wanted to sign these players on. I think the freedom of contract come in at uh, that particular time, and that's why Alan Dick started signing players on longer-term contracts. He's, he actually didn't want to lose the players that he had, mm. so that was the only way to keep players at a club. Yeah, absolutely. We're just watching some clips here on the TV, um, probably mid-80s by the looks of it, but um, some, some classic wingers I've seen on the screen so far, Alan Walsh, Mark Gavin... I haven't seen yourself on there, but w- wingers in the modern day, particularly at Bristol City, don't see that very often, do you? I think the last real winger we had was Nick Eliasson. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, I think, I think when, 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 I, when I played uh, in, in the 80s, um, Bob Houghton and Roy Hodgson come into the club um, and they took over and that was a different kind of uh, method of training. And at that particular time, um, a lot of players didn't like the change of how they were training. Okay. I mean, they brought in three, three times a day into training and staying within the club and having, like, sandwiches or whatever. But we were so used to just training for two and a half hours in the morning um, till about 12.30, finishing about one o'clock, and if anybody wanted to do extra training, they used to come in, because I, I can remember Alan Dix saying, I can remember training with Paul Cheesley, uh, doing extra training just to make sure he was scoring, trying to get more goals. And so there was still that, that effort from managers to actually get more out of players if they thought they needed it. But to be actually training three times in a day um, I never ever got on with that and I think a lot of British players never got on with European managers coming into the game and I think that's that's what changed football completely yeah yeah, yeah we um, so the person who's not here today who's heavily involved with this is Alan Walsh um, and we had Alan Walsh on a, on the podcast a few weeks ago actually we had a we had a dinner um, at Stake of the Art in Bristol and you were in the same team as him in 1986 and you scored obviously in the, the, the Bolton game yeah. how, uh, how was that day? We, we've heard from Alan what was your experience your recollection of that well, day? Well I mean to be honest just uh, the, the actual day itself I mean we've seen all the coaches driving up on the motorway um, scarfs hanging out the windows scarfs hanging out the windows <laughs> it was just an unbelievable day it will always be remembered yeah. Um, by a lot of players that played that, that game. Um, and I think there was 50, 58,000 or something like that. It was there at Wembley, but I'm sure we had more than 30-odd thousand supporters. And it was just, what, what a wonderful day. We were so well supported. Um, and I don't know, I mean, it was, it was, 
it was so it was such a lovely moment for me, especially when I scored at Wembley. Yeah. Um, and that was obviously the old Wembley. Yeah. And so twin towers were certainly iconic, weren't they? Oh, the twin towers, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. And um, we just had um, really really good times there, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're only a few minutes away from kickoff, so okay. we'll, we'll let you go. Lovely. Thanks so much for joining thank us. Thank you very much. Cheers. Okay, a big thank you to, first of all, Neil Palmer for joining me. And then we had David Lloyd, who uh, was doing the emceeing in the Last Down Lounge. So I recorded that. And thanks to David for letting me use that clip. Um, and then Paul Cheesley and Howard Pritchard will be watching the former Players Association um, over the next few months and years, hopefully, to see how it develops and we'll be getting involved if and when we can. So thank you to everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll be back soon. Take care. Thunder